HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is sponsored in part by Sacred, a not-for-profit that helps improve lives in the rural Mexican communities where heritage agave spirits are made. Since we obtained our official not-for-profit status from the IRS back in 2017, Sacred has gifted more than 32,000 Tobola agave seedlings to families in rural Oaxaca. These families are finding their cultural heritage at risk as access to agave is getting harder and harder due to the global explosion of interest in mezcal. Even as we continue to expand this program, we've also recently helped to launch a program that will build out three greenhouses in rural Jalisco to help protect four at-risk varieties of agave and three at-risk varieties of trees, while at the same time preventing these rare wildlands in Jalisco from becoming still more Blue Weber farms. To learn about these and other programs, visit sacred.mx. That's sacred.mx. If you love heritage agave spirits, please consider helping us protect that cultural heritage with a tax-deductible donation this holiday season at sacred.mx. Hey, Chicago, there's a gallery show going on that you won't want to miss. It's called Agave, and it features artwork made primarily from agave fibers left over from mescaleros in Oaxaca. I say primarily because there's also a musical instrument that looks something like a didgeridoo, but made from the heart and quixote of a madraquiche. Buy that and record a version of our theme song with it, and we'll feature it on this podcast. Agave will be on display in the Chase Gallery at the Epiphany Center for the Arts from now until April 9th. And every first Thursday, a different agave spirits company will be on hand to sample out some of the liquid agave art that we love so much. For details, visit epiphanyshy.com. That's E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y-C-H-I dot C-O-M. Or... Follow the link from this episode page at agaveroadtrip.com. Hope to bump into you there. I'm Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning podcast that helps Green Gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And we're coming to you recorded from from Miami live, Beach. Live. It's not live. We're not live. Well, I guess we're live as we're speaking. By the time people hear it, it's not going to... Oh, I, yeah. I guess we don't have a studio audience and there's no laugh track. Anyway, <laughs> we're coming from Art Basel. Do we decide Basel or Basel? 
I think Basel. Okay, sure. Yeah. Art Basel in Miami Basel. Beach, recording in our car, because we have to get these episodes done. Yes, uh, while we're <laughs> together, because we, it, I, I, we think they come across better when we're together than we're looking the other person's face on a small Zoom uh, I think screen. so, though we make Roy's life hell because you don't know how to put your mouth up against your mic. I, I am, I'm, I swear to God, I have a good microphone <laughs> technique. I think sure, so. whatever. We'll let Roy decide. Anyways, today I want to talk some, about something we were discussing a little bit lately that we should go back to some of the basics, right? Yeah. I think we've talked, uh, we've gotten into like extremely, extremely specific rabbit holes. And now we're asking ourselves is some of the things of the first season where we just covered how mezcal is made. We didn't <laughs> uh, delve enough into some of the intrinsicacies. Well, as a starting point, you know, I, I think it works as a, I think those episodes work as a starting point. But having said that, you know, I think it's I think it's a value for us as we're now 70 some episodes oh, in Lord. to not make people scroll all the way back to the beginning to learn about something like something basic like ensembles. And this is this is not what I call a basic episode, actually. No, and I, no. And, and, and the reason is, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we talk about when we refer to agave spirits where science, science, history, and cultural practices collide. And this well, is... The, too many things for my head to wrap around. Well, but. this is the ultimate authorship where it's it's the context where the things are being made, the decisions that the people are making because of the traditions in which they learned. Everything... Is it? I don't know that I agree. I, I well, well let, let's, and, okay, let's so talk let's, about this okay, and then so, Jill tell me if you agree. Okay, so what's an ensemble? So an ensemble is basically a agave spirit that exists that it's not a single single agave expression, right? Right. There are multiple kinds of agave, you know, two to three hundred different varieties of agave, depending mm. on who you talk to and what day. Um, two to three. So it's it's different varieties of agave that are utilized to make... Speciesis or varieties. Well, but it could also be multiple varieties within a species. Correct. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So just multiple kinds of agave were used to make the spirit. We're, we're cooked, sometimes cooked together and milled together and fermented together. And sometimes separately they were uh, processed into uh, alcohol and then blended afterwards. But basically your, your, your sugar sources come from multiple agaves as opposed to, this is espadine. Yes, and, and, we, and we've done an episode about this before. Have we? But it, yes, we have. <laughs> but uh, there's this very important distinction of what we said in that episode and what we are going to try to explore right now. Really? Yes, it is. And this this was one of the biggest realizations that I had now that I've been traveling to Michoacan and that I've been listening to some of Mezcaleros in Chihuahua. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, usually an ensemble will be explained to you in the sense that, well, you have a bunch of different wild agaves around you you are going to be harvesting every year a certain amount of them. Whichever come to, right, that reach maturation, that start to produce that, that reproductive quixote, those are the ones that you're going to harvest before they burn up all their sugars. Exactly. So yeah. in a way, what they're, like, the way we usually traditionally explain ensembles is like randomness. Whatever is ready, I'm going to harvest it, and I don't have a traditional recipe that I'm going to try to replicate Every time. Like, I'm going to use uh, 40 kilos of this, or I guess 400 kilos of this, and 200 of that, right? Yeah, or even as fine as that. Even as fine as 40 kilos in this 12-ton uh, cook. What I'm starting to realize now, after being interviewing more people, is that there are some ensembles recipes 
that are very traditional and that will replicate it every year. So we were just in the region of Zaguayo, that's mm -hmm. uh, almost border of Jalisco and Michoacán. Uh -huh. There's clay distillation there, which is right on. really beautiful and, and wonderful. And uh, yes, I want to go more there. And what they're explaining to us is they have bruto and manso in the area. And they love the flavor of bruto, but it yields very little, more if you're distilling with clay. So they have to use manso in order to have the sugars. And they called it manso. They call it manso. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Th there's so much that I would need to unpack later in, yeah, in other episodes yeah. about this region. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm still not confident enough of the things that I've understood when talking to them. But uh, there is a recipe there. And we're asking them, like, do you ever change this? Like, what if you have more manso and more burrito? They're like, no, no, no. We have our recipe. We have our percentages. We respect those in every run or every batch that we do. Hmm. The second example that I have of really this, so what so they just if they if they don't have enough of one or they have too much of another they just what do they do? Well, I'm sure they might be open to improvising, but they will try or at least this is what uh, what they told us. Uh, they will try to keep it consistent. Interesting. Okay. That second example, yeah. uh, I was in, like I was editing an interview from a guy in Chihuahua, Dolores from. Uh, a brand that it's called Cumbrita de la Sierra. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the guy was saying that he he has a type of agave that he calls lechuguilla. I saw it somewhere that the species was described as bobicornuta, but I'm not oh, tremendously sure of I that. I had a couple of those at the uh, the Mezcal Fest uh, in Mexico City. Cumbrita de la Sierra? No, the bo bo Bobby, bo Bobby bo Cuda. Bobby Cornuta. Bobby Carnuta, that was it. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we just saw a car with a very bad shape. Uh, but what he was describing is that he will add Sotol into his fermentation tanks to kickstart fermentation. Sotol? Sotol. Wait, when you're saying Sotol, you're talking about the plant or you're talking about the distillation? I'm talking about the plant. Oh. And in this, he this was, is weird. This is it contradicts everything you've told me, but keep this going. It contradicts everything that I know because Sotol <laughs> usually doesn't have a really high sugar count, right? That, well, so this is what I'm saying. So you'll throw something in there. Ooh, we might be hit by a car in nah, a second. No, it's okay. Nah? Okay, great. So, so, uh, so you usually throw in there. So you usually throw it in there to kickstart fermentation, and uh, and that's. That's so strange. It's contradictory to what we know about Sotol. Exactly. And the and the other thing that it's like, the way he was describing this was extremely close to, we just made an episode about pulque being added to fermentation. Mm -hmm. the, the way this guy was talking about Sotol, it was almost like he was talking about pulque. He was saying that if he doesn't add Sotol, fermentations will give him no yield. <laughs> and you're wondering whether or not that's true. Well, or if this is just something that he's been told. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like when we asked Amando about all the Sotol, he said, oh, you can't use that to make alcohol because it doesn't ferment. And then second level of ensemble <laughs> strategy that this guy described, yeah. he said there's this agave that is extremely rare in the area. Mm -hmm. We can only collect like five kilos, 10 kilos of this because it's like small, it grows in really difficult places. We call it chawi, and it's super sweet. So we add it to certain batches to make to make the I'm not gonna use the word smoother, but uh, <laughs> but he said like it makes it more drinkable. It makes the agave spirit more drinkable and sweeter, and people like it. Huh. So all of these suggests ensembles where people are very consciously choosing certain agaves, both for their flavors, yeah. flavor profiles, yeah. and for the efficiency of the process. In order to get certain flavors, flavors that they find fortunate, but at the same time having enough 
spirits for make it for for it to be commercially successful or commercially be commercially viable. Interesting. I, I, I like I like the theory, and I guess it's not really even a theory. No, no, no. These these are things that they've told me. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay, so I'll take back what I've always said about you. Just throw in whatever the hell's there, right? And so, so and, and, and wait, 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 Oh, without question. Right? Yeah, we, we yeah, tell yeah. them, like, this is why you do this, right? And, I mean, I do this all the time with certain gringos, and I apologize, but sometimes <laughs> you just don't want to spend half an hour giving an answer. Yeah. So just be like, yeah. sure, kid. And more when they ask you in English, and then, like, you're going to be struggling for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I cannot say that, that that is not the case with a lot of other guys, but I think if we ask more careful questions about the ensemble strategy we might get some more interesting answers that are still not out there oh you know and and the thing i really love about this is it becomes yet another another example of something where there is no single correct answer that like i guarantee you somebody is just throwing in whatever the heck they found right and then somebody else is a very careful recipe they're following and 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 the best part about this is also you get to understand so much of the expertise of each like there's another level of complexity yeah another yeah, yeah, level yeah. of expertise and 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 capacity and expression that mescaleros have god you know yes be, oh boy so and and if this, because it feels like we're about at the end, and if this causes us to go even further oh, in, I apologize okay. in advance. But you know, when I think about when I think about like uh, like the the, the tobala side by side tasting that I do with the Victor Ramos tobalas, mm-hmm. right? Where you can take uh, three different tobalas that Victor Ramos made in Miwatlan uh, over a an eighteen month period. Right. Like you take those three things and they taste so different from one to the Mm. other. And then you think about applying that where, you know, it's never going to be that that Tobala tastes the same from one batch to the next because of all the different things that happen. That's going to be so different. So when they've got these recipes, the recipes are going to give them, you know, like some kind of framework, I guess, for the taste. But it's still not going to taste the same from one ensemble distillation to the next, even using the exact same formula each time. Yeah. And I think that and again, like that's why I'm so interested in asking more questions in this direction, because your, their answer might be, yeah, during the winter when we use Tobala, we know that we need to change the, perce- the, the percentage of, so- of Tobala that if we do it into the summer. Well, you keep asking more questions. I'm going to keep drinking more answers. <laughs> okay. okay. That did not make us go too far. So, great. Okay. I think this is a wrap. Hasta pronto. Adiosito. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound Engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. 
Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.